Ah, here we go again. Another compliance training. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today to talk about <sighs> fiscal He's compliance so in the new year. Hey, everybody, welcome back to DIY Narrator, the podcast for instructional designers or e learning developers. What do you call yourself these days? That, uh, you know, record your own narration. I almost forgot what I was talking about. My name is Josh Risser. I am a professional voice talent. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. We have a back catalog of about 30, 33 shows over at DIYNarrator.com. So if anything comes up where you're like, what in the world is he talking about? Jump over there. There's probably something I already covered and just, you know, going again. Today, speaking of things I've already covered, I want to do a little redux on my practice episode from a couple episodes back. I was talking about how the one thing missing from your e-learning narration improvement is you just not practicing, most likely. The likely scenario is you sit down Thursday afternoon, you have to ship this e-learning stuff by Monday, and uh, you need voiceover, so you're like, oh, just do it. And this is the first time you've recorded since the last time you recorded this sort of e-learning stuff, you know, maybe a month ago. So are you going to be better? Probably not unless you've been practicing. But the questions I got were, Josh, how much do I need to practice? When am I going to be better? How do I get better by practicing if I just don't have the time for it? The biggest issue is, I don't know where you are now. And so it's hard to really say, oh, you're going to be better in three weeks of daily practice, or you're, you're going to take six months. Sorry. You know, the thing is, it's all about finding that minimum effective dose of practice that actually makes it better. And it doesn't need to be an hour or two a day. It just needs to be a little bit once in a while. And I've really grown to realize this as I've started myself to learn piano this year. Um, we picked up a piano. We used my daughter taking music lessons as an excuse to buy a piano. Um, yeah, December, I think it was. And um, she's three. She's, she's not ready to learn how to play piano. But, uh, you know, it's a good excuse to have it around the house. Now, I've played guitar for like 26 years. I picked it up when I was 10 and uh, 9 or 10. I don't know. And I taught myself guitar. I've had a couple of lessons, but taught myself guitar and some music theory stuff. So I'm not starting from zero when it comes to learning how to play a new instrument. And honestly, the way it's laid out, in a linear fashion on a piano makes it a lot easier as opposed to the zigzags of uh, the way a guitar fretboard is laid out. But I could not read music, which is a standard guitar player joke. So I could not read music. I could read music, just not sight read at any level that could make it sound like music. Anyway, what I've found in three, three and a half months of just playing piano and working through a, a learning course is I can sight read both hands now, which if you know how that works on piano, the top bar is, uh, or the top line of music is uh, treble clef and the bottom line of music is bass clef. So the five lines and the four spaces are different notes. So your left hand's playing an entirely different set of notes visually than your right hand. This might be going too far, but all that really matters is that I have not been sitting down daily for hours to learn how to play, but I can sight read at a fairly competent level within a few months just based on small daily doses of practice. I'll sit down if I've got five minutes because the kiddo is 
doing some coloring and my wife is doing something else, I'll sit and just play through a piece for five minutes and then she'll come over and hit the piano and say, no, daddy, we're going to color and then I'll go color. Um, or she wants me to read a book and I'll go read a book. And then if I get another five minutes, I'll sit down and play that same piece. And quickly I started to realize like, oh, all of a sudden I'm better than I was the first time. And that was only an hour or two ago. And I really didn't even play the whole piece. And then now I'm three months in and I look at a new piece of music and I can play it fairly competently on a beginner level fairly quickly without really having to worry about it. And I'm really chalking this up to small incremental doses over time, you know, daily, maybe 10, 15 minutes over the course of a full day. Now you folks out there tell me in the learning theory world how that works. I have this rough idea based on, you know, stuff I've learned myself and kind of as I've seen my daughter develop over the past few years, how she's gone from being able to just recognize the letters in her name to being able to recognize upper and lowercase letters to now being able to sound out the first letter of pretty much any word and tell us which letter in the alphabet it is, which I'm pretty impressed with, but none of it's anything we've really worked on with her. Where she picked it up, you know, we would just sing the alphabet once in a while and we would just read a lot of books a lot of books. She loves books. And so I think all of that is suddenly congealing into a knowledge of how words are constructed. Now there's two things that are similar here. We have me learning piano and my daughter learning letters and letter sounds. Now, how can you apply this to improving your narration? Well, what I want you to think about is how can you make practice easily accessible for you? My piano is right in the living room. So I see it all the time. If I'm sitting on the couch staring at Sophia the first for the bajillionth time, I can just walk over and play the piano. I can see the piano out of the corner of my eye. And there's headphones, so I don't have to interrupt anyone with my terrible playing. My daughter always has books around. She has a rug with letters on it and animals next to the letters. So she knows that D is for a dog and O is for an octopus. And she just kind of learned these things. Now, duh, duh, dog. Duh, duh, Dylan. That's her name. We made learning the alphabet easy and accessible and always available. Learning the piano, easy, accessible, always available. How can you make practicing narration easy, accessible, and always available? I have a couple tips for you that I think will help. Number one, make a commitment to actually wanting to get better at narration. Are you listening to this podcast because it makes you feel better? Because you think, you know, maybe you'll absorb something that'll make you better. And it might work that way. Being immersed in something certainly does help, but applying it will help more. So how do you apply it? Well, first, commit. Second, keep your DAW open all the time. Audacity, Reaper whatever, Twisted Wave, the new one from TechSmith, whatever you use, just keep it open all the time. So if the urge to narrate shows up or you've got a 15 minutes before that next freaking Zoom meeting, you've got five minutes to go pick a blog post from something you read all the time and read it into the microphone. Get comfortable on that mic. Next up, maybe have a reason to record that is fun for you. Start a podcast, even if it's something stupid. I don't care. Start just a fun podcast, record it with a friend, just get more comfortable recording yourself and editing. 
because that'll help a lot. One fun thing that I know some voice talents do is to, uh, if you have children especially, it's, it's more applicable, um, read children's books and narrate them for your kid. So then they have your voice on tape if you ever want it on tape. <laughs> they have your voice recorded if uh, you know they ever want to hear your voice. Maybe you travel for work and dad or mom can't be there to read a bedtime story, but you have your recording of you reading this bedtime story and they can follow along. Pretty cool idea. So I know there's some voice talents out there that do that. It doesn't have to be great. They don't care. They just want to hear your voice and you get practice. And finally, this is something that I think bears repeating from the previous episode Keep referring back to your old recordings. Keep a collection of the stuff you've done before and listen to it in comparison with the stuff you're doing now. Is it getting better? What's different? What's changed? And like I suggested on the previous episode, you can actually do an A-B comparison. Don't listen to the thing you did six months ago or a year ago. Grab the script, record a couple pieces of it, and then compare A-B. If you don't listen to what you did before, you'll have a blind comparison. You won't quite remember what you did. So you'll basically be reading this cold without any idea of how you could have improved. And then you'll listen back and you'll be like, oh, I sucked a year ago. That's typically what happens to me. I'll get a, an email from a client that says, hey, we need this updated. And I'll listen back and I'll be like, oh, I think I made a choice there that I wouldn't make today. And, you know, that's just the nature of creative work, right? Or work in general and trying to improve all the time. So those are some tips for you that hopefully will help you actually implement a practice routine and make sure it's not overwhelming because it doesn't have to be. It could be as simple as taking 15 minutes in a day to read a blog post that you were going to read anyway or read a bedtime story for your kid to listen to when you're traveling or, you know, just using those margins of time throughout the day where you're like, I got 10 minutes before this next Zoom meeting. I'm going to go ahead and record this. Or maybe you just like to talk about baseball with your friend anyway. So why not have a podcast? You don't have to release it. Just record it. Listen to it. Edit it. And get the practice. Best of luck to you. If you have any questions, head over to DIYNarrator.com and send them my way. I will happily answer them on the podcast or just shoot you an email. Also, share the podcast with a friend. I'd appreciate it. If you know someone who you think might benefit from this or thinks they might want to get into it, uh, share the podcast with them. Have them subscribe. You subscribe. You get a good feeling by helping someone else out, and that someone else is me. And you also, you know, help out the friend. And finally, if you're struggling with anything narration-related or anything else, you know, I'll, I'll help you out. Shoot me an email. Let me know if you have ideas or tips for the podcast, something you want me to cover, and I will gladly... Uh, release an episode on it. Someone else out there has that same question and they're just afraid to ask it. Or maybe they don't know they have that question until they hear someone else ask it. So shoot it my way. Thanks so much for listening. Appreciate you spending just a few minutes with me today. Hey, that was 11 minutes. See? Small bits every day add up to getting better. Have a good one.